0: Pleasant good morning to all of you. This is the day that the Lord has made, so we will rejoice and be glad in it, right? Yes, exactly. I trust that you uh, had a merry, merry Christmas and that you will be having a happy new year. I want to thank whoever made available the poinsettias today. It's beautiful. I appreciate that so very much. Let's begin with prayer. Our holy God, we are grateful that we can be before you today bringing praise and adoration because you are the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and indeed you are worthy. You are worthy of our adoration. You are worthy of our praise. We thank you for your love. Thank you for our grace and mercy. And thank you, Father, that you have brought us through this year a very... Difficult year indeed, but Lord, we are grateful that you have brought us through and we are grateful that in this congregation, although we had to be very cautious that we have not had any of the COVID to radically affect uh, the group, Father, we give you our thanks for that. As we close this year, Lord, we ask for your mercies and your blessings to be upon us and help us as we enter into a new year that we may uh, have a challenge in our thinking and a challenge in our response, that we will renew our commitment to you and that we will seek to make it to be the very best year yet. Lead us, Lord, that we may always rely upon you and seek your will and find your will and what you would have us to be about. We pray now, Father, for the forgiveness of our sins, and pray that you will lead us this day as we bring worship before you. We honor you as the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we thank you for our redemption, for our salvation, and for our hope of everlasting life. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we offer our thanks and present our petitions in Jesus' name. Well, you don't need to be reminded, but all of us know that we are on the threshold of a new year. And I think I share and express the feelings of most of us. Good riddance to 2020, right? It will be good to have this behind us. I think I've heard this statement, uh, legions of times. You know what legions mean that I've never seen a year exactly like this. And we haven't. But we can always look to the future and look for uh, the better days that are ahead. So as we wave 2020 goodbye, we have hopes for a better year ahead. And we ask the question this morning, uh, what is it that 2021 will bring? Well, none of us have that uh, prescience about us would make it possible to say this is what is going to happen in 2020 but we are all filled with hope we're hope that it will give us all an opportunity to begin again and I like those words begin again there was a lady by the name of Louisa Fletcher who was uh, sometimes actress Who wrote a poem back in the mid part of the 19th, of the 20th century that had a number of verses to it, but I especially like the first verse. And by the way, she used that one as a way of closing the poem when she brought it to a close. I wish there were some wonderful place called the land of beginning again where all our mistakes and all our heartaches could be dropped like a shabby old coat at the door and never be on again. Can't we all wish that? I wish there were some wonderful place called the land of beginning again. The land of beginning again. Let's think about that. I think we need to commit ourselves in 2021 to a genuine renewal and make it to be a land of beginning again the good news is that we can begin again as individuals you know the good news of the gospel paul says if anyone is in jesus christ that person is a new creature you are a new creature because you have been born anew. You have been permitted to begin again. And that's the good news that we can hold out to people everywhere today. That you can begin again. That we can be made new in Christ. As, as Paul has described it, we go to the watery grave of baptism. There we are buried into death, into our death, into the death of Christ. And we are raised to walk in a newness of life. Notice, new, beginning again. That's the nature of the Christian life. It is a beginning again. As uh, the poem has said, we can drop that shabby old coat. Think of it, I like that picture, that shabby old coat. We can drop it at the door. And we can have new clothing. I am always impressed. With what is stated in Isaiah 61, which is actually pre-gospel, because it describes the nature of our lives as Christians. Our nature as we have begun again in Christ. The prophet said, I'm going to rejoice. I will rejoice in the Lord. My soul will exalt in the Lord. And here's the reason for it. He has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. See, that's the way we begin again. We drop the shabby old coat at the door and the Lord clothes us with righteousness and salvation. The land of beginning again. Now, when we talk about beginning again, I want to stress that Jesus can change our outlook. And when Jesus changes our outlook, he changes our outcome. Go with me and walk along the way from Jerusalem toward Galilee. And we're going at this time with Jesus, we're going to have to pass through Samaria. And we come to a village in Samaria by the name of Sychar. It's probably about noontime, and that's a hilly area. And as, uh, as you come along here in John 4, you find that Jesus and the disciples had stopped, that they might be able to have a meal And the disciples had gone into the village to get some supplies. Jesus was at the well. There was a well that seemed to have been a common uh, property to all the people in the village. And here is a lady who came along, a Samaritan lady. I want you to meet her now. Here is a Samaritan lady that we would not like to hold up as an example to our young ladies today. First of all, she was shunned by her own people in the village. And probably for good reason. She'd been married five times. And she was living with a man at this time who wasn't her husband. I'm wondering why she would come out alone at this particular time of the day to get water. Perhaps it's because she is shunned. But she has a visit with Jesus. And as Jesus talks with her, you can go into the conversation, I'm not going into all the details on it, but Jesus opened her eyes He opened her eyes to the reality of the kind of water that he could offer in contrast with the water that she'd have to come and and draw every day, presenting himself as the water of life. This lady was so impressed, wondering, could he be the Messiah that our fathers had promised would come? She went into the city and told the city folk about it. They came out with him, with her, and met with Jesus. Now, here is this lady. Look at her past. She goes in and brings out the people and they... They visit with Jesus. And as they listen to Jesus, here are some things that are said that you don't find among a typical Jewish audience or a typical Jewish village. This is a Samaritan village. As they heard what was said, they were certainly impressed. She said, come see a man. As a result of this, when Jesus left, they were saying in that village, this is indeed the Savior of the world. Now, what I want you to see is, <clears throat> it was this contact that Jesus had with this woman that made it possible for her to have a new beginning. There are still possibilities of new beginnings. I want to share with you something that has happened in recent months. I think you will be uh, impressed by what has happened. It's a sad story to begin with. It involves a young lady who is a student At a Christian college in another state, I'm not going to identify any of the personalities involved. She had visited her parents, had gone back to school on a Sunday evening and decided at a late hour, I need to run out to Walmart to get something for my room for tomorrow. And so she went to Walmart, never to be seen again, because she was abducted by two men who were high on drugs they took her out from Walmart and raped her and then murdered her and left her body. Now of course they were eventually discovered and they were arrested and there was the trial. And as they came to the trial they had a choice they had to make. We, everybody knows you're guilty. They know they're guilty. You have the choice here of going to the electric chair if you go through the whole process. Of the trial. Or if you plead guilty, you may have life imprisonment. And that's the choice they made. As a result of this, they were put into prison. Here are these grieving parents, a father and mother. Imagine this yourself. Let that be you and your daughter. And the years go by. And the parents begin to wonder. They begin to think about this. And you know what the father did? The father wrote both of them a letter. And he said, you're in prison. I don't know all the details of the letter, but it basically amounted to this. I would like to talk with you about forgiveness. Two rapists, murderers. I would like to talk with you about forgiveness. One of them said, no way, I'm not interested. The other said, this is too good to be true. But I'm going to give it a try. And so the father began a process. He wrote them a letter. He wrote the mother letters. And then a good friend of mine who is at the point of death now, unfortunately. And some others had the opportunity of working with him and shared the gospel with him. And this man repented of his sins. You can repent of your sins. And this man was baptized into Christ. This man was thoroughly sorry for what he had done. He was an artist. He said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm in prison for the rest of my life. I am an artist. I am going to draw and I'm going to sell. The prison would let him do that. And all the proceeds that come from the sale of my art will go to this university as a scholarship for the lady that I murdered. Now, don't tell me you can't begin again. I wish there were some wonderful place called the land of beginning again the hardened criminal can begin again and you and I can begin again the indifferent person the person who has become lackadaisical in his or her commitment to the Lord has a way of beginning again when Christ spoke to the seven churches of Asia he reminded That last one that he spoke to, that I am the door, I'm at the door and I'm knocking. If any man will open and let me come in, I will sup with him and he with me. The fellowship that is offered by Jesus Christ to the person who has just been coasting along, not really genuinely committed, just coasting, indifferent sometimes we say, Just coasting along. Jesus says you can begin again. So I I want to rejoice today. Rejoice with you. And I hope you will rejoice with me. That there is a way of beginning again. So there are many doors that are available. That Jesus makes to us. As the actual door himself. uh, To eternal life. So individual Christians. Yes, we can begin again. Hardened criminals, we can begin again. What about a congregation? This has been an unusual year. How many times have we said that? Is there a way that we can begin again? Here are some things I want to suggest to us today as we approach 2021 and think in terms of of beginning again. I don't know whether we're going to see a radical change in the virus or not. I'm praying that there will be. And I trust that there will be. But however that might be, how can we begin again? Today is a good day for us to remember our mission. Focus on the word remember for a moment. How many times do we find that emphasis made by Jesus and by others? Remember. When Paul was describing our challenge as faithful followers of Jesus in 2 Timothy 2, he said, remember the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's start there. Let's begin 2021 remembering the Lord Jesus Christ. Of the seed of David, his humanity, raised from the dead, his deity. And it is that remembering that can be an aid to our moving forward. It's interesting that the very first church that's involved in these letters in the seven churches of Asia was urged, Remember from where you have fallen. You were up here with your first love. Go back to your first love. Remember where you were. Come back to that. But then to the church at Sardis. The church at Sardis was a really good congregation. And the Lord urged again, remember. Remember what you have received and heard. That's good. Remember what you have received and heard. Then keep it. Remember, keep it. And as we remember, then we need to respond. And so today I urge that we think in terms of our mission and responding to it. I don't know of any better way to describe our mission than what we have stressed in the past. And I'm going to put that out before us again today. Let's remember this as we go into 2021. What is our mission? Love God. Love the Lord your God with all your soul, heart, mind, and strength. This is the first commandment Jesus said. And the second one love your neighbor as yourself. Love God. Love one another. This is our mission. Make disciples. All of these in Matthew. All of these in the last week are the last section of the, uh, the uh, or in the post resurrection life of Jesus. Love God. Love one another. Make disciples. Now, brothers and sisters in the Carrollton congregation, let's remember that today. That's what our mission is. I don't know of any better way for us to have a, an impact for Jesus Christ than to be a congregation that truly love God, that truly love one another, and that are very concerned with making disciples. Now, as we think of our mission, one other thought that I want to share with you, and that is we need to trust in the Lord who opens doors. Sometimes it seems the door is closed, but he's the one who opens doors. Paul could say in 1 Corinthians that there is an effective door that has been opened to me. Now you think about the difficulties that he had. At the time he was writing in Ephesus, he had had his difficulties with the church in Corinth. And I want to come back to Ephesus here in just a moment. He was having his difficulties in Ephesus. There was a labor guild that were really after him. They would have torn him uh, his hide off him if they had not been stopped. There were great difficulties. He could say they're adversaries, but at the same time, he said, there is an effective door that had opened to me. Well, let's go to that for a moment. Luke records Paul in his work in Ephesus in Luke 19. Now, like it was, his, as it was his com- uh, custom, When Paul would go into a city, because there were so many Jews that were scattered abroad, that's what that diaspora means, that they were dispersed, they were scattered. And in most of the larger cities, there were synagogues. And Paul would go first to the synagogue. Ephesus was one of the major cities of the Roman world. So he went to the synagogue. And when he went to the synagogue, he he was permitted to stay longer there this time. Then he was at Thessalonica. After three weeks in Thessalonica, they said, get out of town. But here in Acts 19, he was able to stay with them, it says, for three months. But now the door is closed. You're not welcome. You're not to come back into this synagogue anymore saying what you've been saying. Door's closed to you, Paul. Go away. So you talk about an open door. Here's the door that is closed. But what does Paul do? Now, Luke tells us that Paul set up an arrangement in the hall or the school of a man by the name of Tyrannus. And you know what happened? He was there not for three months, but for two whole years teaching people as they came and went. And so Luke says, all those in that province, Asia Minor, heard the word. They were taught the word. Now, how could Paul get out to all of those places if he's teaching every day in the school of Tyrannus? I don't know all that might be involved, but here's what I do know. He wrote a letter later on to the church at Colossae. He had never been to Colossae. How was there a church in Colossae? Colossae is in that area, uh, the, uh, the, uh, church, Thyatira is in that area. Laodicea is in that area. We know all about, we've heard all about those from the seven churches of Asia and from the letter that Paul wrote to the Colossians. How, how in the world were the churches established out there? Well, Paul was teaching individuals every day. Men like Epaphras from Colossae came. They were taught the gospel. And what did they do? They went back to their home village, their home city, and they taught the gospel and established the church there. A door was closed, but a magnificent door was opened. And so we serve the Lord of the open door. I don't know exactly what the open door is going to be. The important thing that I think for us to learn is that we need to be open to where the Lord would lead us and be praying, Lord, Show us the way to go. Show me the way individually. Show us the way as a congregation. Help us to see whatever doors there are that you have opened to us. So I'm asking us in 2021, let's make a renewed commitment to serve the Lord faithfully. I wish there were some wonderful place Call the land the beginning again. Peter, do you know anything about that? You denied Jesus Christ three times on the very night of His betrayal. Who preached the first sermon as the new covenant was begun in Acts the second chapter? Peter! Peter could begin again. Paul, do you know anything about that? Here's this young person full of energy and full of hatred for Christianity. Seeking to bring people into questioning trials, even prison, even death, as in the case of Stephen in Acts 7. But you know what happened to Paul? Paul was baptized by Ananias. And from that time on, he is Paul the apostle, Paul the preacher, not Paul the persecutor. He knew about the land of beginning again. Clyde Thompson, do you know anything about beginning again? Clyde Thompson was billed at one time as the meanest man in Texas. I heard him speak a few times a number of years ago. He was in prison, in prison uh, for many, many, many years, only saved from the death chair because of some things that were done lawfully in regard to the death sentence at the time. But anyway, here is a man who came to know the Lord Jesus Christ through the study of the word and gave himself untiringly to the preaching of the gospel of Christ. Here's what I heard him say. He said, I'm going to work with every prisoner that I possibly can. I will not work to help any prisoner get out of jail. I will help everyone that I can get out of sin. I wish there were some wonderful place. called the land a beginning again. You can begin again. Let's resolve to begin again if you need to be baptized into Christ and lay that old shabby coat at the door, as the poem said, and put on the robe of righteousness, today is the day to do that. Whatever the need might be, while together we stand and sing.